Chapter Eight: Myth of Greece and Rome, Part Nine, of Junior Classics, Volume Two: Folk Tales and Myths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Junior Classics, Volume Two: Folk Tales and Myths, by William Patton. Chapter Eight: Myth of Greece and Rome, Part Nine. The Sad Story of Pyramus and Tisbe by Thomas Bulfinch Pyramus was the handsomest youth, and Tisbe the fairest maiden in all Babylon, where Semiramis reigned. Their parents occupied adjoining houses, and acquaintance ripened into love. They would gladly have married, but their parents forbade. One thing, however, they could not forbid that love should glow with equal ardor in the hearts of both they conversed by signs and glances and the fire burned more intensely for being covered up in the wall that separated the two houses there was a crack no one had remarked it before but the lovers discovered it it afforded a passage to the voice and messages used to pass backward and forward through the gap cruel wall they said why do you keep us apart but we will not be ungrateful we owe you the privilege of transmitting loving words to willing ears such words they uttered on different sides of the wall and when night came and they must say farewell they pressed their lips upon the wall she on her side he on his as they could come no nearer next morning when the sun had melted the frost from the grass they met at the accustomed spot then after lamenting their hard fate they agreed that next night when all was still they would sleep away from watchful eyes leave their dwellings and walk out into the fields and to ensure a meeting repair to a well-known edifice standing without the city's bounds call it the tomb of ninus and that the one who came first shoot away the other at the foot of a certain tree it was a white mulberry tree and stood near a cool spring all was agreed on and they waited impatiently for the sun to go down beneath the waters and night to rise up from them then cautiously tispe stole forth unobserved by the family her head covered with a veil made her way to the monument and sat down under the tree as she sat alone in the dim light of the evening she descried a lioness her jaws stained with the recent slaughter approaching the fountain to slake her thirst tisbe fled at the sight and sought refuge in the hollow of a rock as she fled she dropped her veil the lioness after drinking at the spring turned to retreat to the woods and seeing the veil on the ground tossed and rent it with her bloody mouth pyramus 
having been delayed, now approached the place of meeting. He saw in the sand the footsteps of the lion, and the color fled from his cheeks at the sight. Presently he found the veil all rent and bloody. Oh, hapless girl, said he, I have been the cause of thy death. Thou, more worthy of life than I, hast fallen the first victim. I will follow. I am the guilty cause. In tempting thee, forced to a place of such peril, and not being myself on the spot to guard thee. Come forth, ye lions, from the rocks, and tear this guilty body with your teeth. He took up the veil, carried it with him to the appointed tree, and covered it with kisses and with tears. My blood also shall stain your texture, said he, and drawing his sword, plunged it into his heart. The blood spurted from the wound, and tinged the white mulberries of the tree all red, and sinking into the earth reached the roots, so that the red color mounted through the trunk to the fruit. By this time Tisby, still trembling with fear, yet wishing not to disappoint her lover, stepped cautiously forth, looking anxiously for the youth eager to tell him the danger she had escaped when she came to the spot and saw the changed color of the mulberries she doubted whether it was the same place while she hesitated she saw the form of one struggling in the agonies of death she started back a shudder run through her frame as a ripple on the face of the still water when a sudden breeze sweeps over it but as soon as she recognized her lover she screamed beat her breast and embraced the lifeless body oh pyramus she cried what has done this answer me pyramus it is tisby that speaks hear me dearest and lift that drooping head at the name of tisby pyramus opened his eyes then closed them again she saw her veil stained with blood and the scabbard empty of its sword thy own hand has slain thee and for my sake she said i too can be brave for once and my love is as strong as thine i will follow thee in death for i have been the cause and death which alone could part us shall not prevent my joining thee and ye unhappy parents of us both deny us not our united request as love and death have joined us let one tomb contain us and thou tree retain the marks of slaughter let thy berries still serve for memorials of our blood so saying she plunged the sword into her breast her parents ratified her wish the gods also ratified it the two bodies were buried in one sepulchre and the tree ever after brought forth purple berries as it does to this day end of chapter eight part nine the sad story of pyramus and tisbe